Welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who always rubs his pickles together. Josh Hemo. Woo! It's like a weird euphemism. Yeah, it is. Mm. For what, though? I don't know. I don't have multiple pickles of whatever I be rubbing together. Mm. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening. Uh, welcome to our podcast where we talk about SpongeBob and we give you some nice life lessons to ponder for the rest of your life. Uh, let's not waste any more time and dive right into this episode where we check out Season 2, Episode 5, Wormy and Patty Hype. Act 1, Wormy. So, in this episode, Sandy is going out of town and is leaving SpongeBob and Patrick in charge of all of her wonderful pets. Which have real delightful names that we'll go into later. And our heroes become best friends with a pet named Wormy, who actually turns out to be the caterpillar that turns into a butterfly overnight. And so SpongeBob and Patrick come by the next night, and they don't really recognize the new and improved Wormy and attempt to trap him, accidentally unleashing him upon the town, causing everyone to panic because they think it's a monster. A terrifying monster. A very, very terrifying monster. <laughs> One thing to start off the discussion... Josh, if you could have one animal that you wish you could babysit, but you would be afraid to, what would it be? Probably like a raccoon, actually. Really? Raccoons? Yeah. They look pretty cute. And like I've seen people who have had pets as raccoons and stuff, and it seems pretty cool, but I don't. They look like they're so mischievous and get into everything. I wouldn't know how to take care of it. I would just be afraid of them having like rabies or something. Also, yes. <laughs> what are the odds of like a domesticated raccoon getting rabies? Probably just as much of like a cat or a dog, right? And can you have them, like, as pets? Like, could I go f- buy a raccoon? I think certain states you can. I know I've had friends from, like, Nebraska who've had, like, raccoons as pets and stuff, so. What? Yeah. They, like, legitimately had. A raccoon pet, yeah. Huh. What do they eat? Like, cat food? Dog food? I don't really raccoon know. Food? There must be, like, raccoon food, or they just, like, eat whatever's in your trash, right? Any, Little trash pandas. Any listeners, if you know how to take care of a raccoon as a pet, not like a stray raccoon that you feed every now and then. We don't want that. Hit us up. <laughs> um, for me, I think it would be like a, a tiger. Yeah. Or like some type of other big cat because I see like a lot of like, you know, people in like Saudi Arabia, those like Arab- Arabic princes that have like illegal cheetahs or something. That's crawling around their palaces or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they're always just like, hey, like hanging out and sh-, like they used to back in the day, like like the 1920s or whatever. <laughs> Not the 1920s, like, like in the 50s. <laughs> they had like lions and crazy i I wouldn't want that nah um anyways to the episode so i was a little bit disappointed in sandy naming all her pets accurately but just like you know adding a like a a y at the end yeah yeah like the wormy like birdie like situation um but mislabeling wormy i think that's kind of messed up because wouldn't it be like caterpillary yeah misleading right super misleading i mean that's the cause of all this destruction in this episode i think sandy's a really kind of irresponsible in this episode like we've seen i don't think we've seen a lot of sandy being irresponsible in the past but definitely in this i mean begin with when you leave someone in charge of your pets you should write down instructions don't expect them to remember everything exactly. like, i don't think it's kind of silly that she like was mumbling off what they should do and how to feed them all but didn't write any of that down she's like she's expecting spongebob and patrick the two arguably not smartest people in Bikini Bottom oh, to remember nice. all not this. Not smartest. Not, yeah. not idiots. They're just not the smartest. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, I think if you ever have a pet, you should definitely write down. Because, like, even if you tell someone... I mean, to be honest, though, it was only one night, I guess. Yeah. Which That's... makes me wonder, what was Sandy doing for that one night? Right. Some convention, maybe. Maybe she was, uh, maybe she was off to see a old flame. She rubbed some pickles flame. together. <laughs> it's a different act, Josh. <laughs> Same episode, different act. Can't jump jump the gun. Sorry you know? for the spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, so out of all her pets, I like that that you know Patrick had that little bonding moment with Birdie, like whistling at whistling. each other, and then apparently uh, he thinks that's Italian. So he doesn't think he speaks. He doesn't think he speaks bird, but he does think he speaks Italian. Italian. Or like, where did he even hear the word Italian? Right? If they don't know what like any of these animals are, or like anything from the surface is, how does he know what Italian is? And why didn't Sandy correct them? He just she just kind of gave him a look when SpongeBob was like, "I don't speak Italian." Yeah, she's like, I don't know. Maybe she didn't understand what he was referring to. And was just like, I'm just gonna ignore this. She's like, I'm gonna glaze over this. It's fine. Yeah. Um, brings me to the fun facts. So apparently, in the Italian version, instead of saying that's Italian, they say that's Spanish. Okay. Also, this episode sometimes was banned in some countries because the butterfly close-up scared a lot of young viewers. Uh, fun fact, if you want to scare your young viewers, all this live-action footage is used in this episode is royalty-free by the <laughs> Oxford Scientific uh, Films, I think that's what they're called, and all the footage can be found on Giddy Images. So you can use it in your own scary stuff. That footage in particular, the emerging butterfly footage, is used in Microsoft Encarta, which back in the day for you young folks was Microsoft's version of the encyclopedia, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I'm, I'm think so. That's on top of the dome, so I don't know. if I'm pretty sure it was the encyclopedia. And then apparently the horsefly close-up footage was used when um, Bill Nye, in an episode of Bill Nye the Science Guy. Okay, solid. Shout out to Bill Nye. And so it's a horsefly, not a... Not a butterfly? Not a butterfly, so... Those close-ups are pretty scary, though. Yeah, it's a little intense to look at something... That close that is usually really, really small. Far away. Yeah. Like went to the Museum of Natural History yesterday here in New York and um they have like the big model of the like a mosquito up close and everything, and it was terrifying. Well that's how big they were back in the day, right? No, I mean hope not. <laughs> <laughs> they just sucked your blood up. Thank God for the comet hitting the earth and killing all them all, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Making them small again. The magic. Putting them this in their is place. All legitimate science. <laughs> I was not very impressed with the trap that SpongeBob set as far as the phone the phone one. Oh, that's a little silly. I just think I wouldn't answer the phone and I'm a grown ass adult. So. I also think they misused the second trap. Like clearly that butterfly went straight for Patrick's bo- booty, right? Mm-hmm. So why didn't they trap him there? What was the plan there? <laughs> I I also think that if you're about to trap someone, you don't put the bait out until the trap is set. Yeah. I I've I've caught a lot of mice in my time, so I know. <laughs> Trap expert over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm always trapping. Always trapping. <laughs> I do really like that, uh, the song that they play, that friendship song. Yeah. Like, that's what friends do or whatever. Mm-hmm. It goes, uh, I, I dig it. <laughs> it's very... Um, Got like some 90s like, sitcom vibe to it. No, I, had, I thought yeah. it was more like in the vein of like the bubble bowl, like, like, oh, like okay. 80s, but like a slow like 80s ballad situation. Okay. <laughs> They got so attached to Wormy in such a small amount of time. Like a lot of the process was sped up here because like butter, even him turning into a butterfly like took what a couple hours. Yeah, that, uh, normally that's supposed to take like you know weeks, something like that. I don't or know, like a month, a long time. <laughs> I should actually know this because when I was younger, in uh, when I lived in like Hawaii in kindergarten, we raised monarch butterflies, which is actually what Wormy is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also a fun fact: the when they put up the poster. 
for the butterfly where it's like wanted. That's like a completely different butterfly, apparently. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but I do know that's not a monarch butterfly. <laughs> but Wormy's supposed to be a monarch butterfly. And yeah, it definitely takes longer than that. It takes longer. So yeah. maybe that's all. I've seen it with my own eyes, Josh. It's part of the the superhero powers, right? Maybe Wormy is also a superhero. I just or, think. Or God. No, I wouldn't say that. I would say that like it was the power of friendship, you know? A power of friendship. There you go. But I think it's messed up that like SpongeBob and Patrick kind of play favorites. They don't take care of any of the other animals like in the way that they took care of Wormy. I don't think they took care of the, any of the other animals at all. I mean, it's true. We've never seen them like feed them. Nah, mm-mm. I mean, it's a good thing Sandy was only gone for a day because I can't imagine like what would have happened if she was gone longer. No, pets would have died. Well, Bikini Bottom would have well, been actually... The snake would have survived. I hear that snakes, you don't have to feed them as often. Mm-hmm. They would have just found something to eat there. They would have eaten all the other animals because snakes are little Really, you don't like snakes? I hate snakes. You got snake beef? I got snake beefs. Why? I hate them. They're just gross. I don't know. I just think. Have that you held a snake? I have touched a snake. They're I will not cool. hold a snake. Why? Are you afraid? I just don't like it crawls and doesn't have. I don't know. There's just a lot of things about snakes that make me really uncomfortable. They're just like super chill, though. No, no, they're not. Yeah. I told you that Python story that a friend had like a Python. I think we someone else had told the story too that this happened more than once with more than one Python. They just like let it out of its cage and it would sleep with them. And they're like, oh, it's so cute. It wants to cuddle. What it's actually doing is sizing up its owner because it wants to eat it. Snakes are not good friends. They are bad friends. Well, I think small snakes. Mm. Like I'm talking about like a garden I'm snake. saying that a snake was going to eat you either way. I'm not talking about like a not talking about that little like that little bear snake, little bear the cartoon, the little garden snake. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't exist. There's no good snakes like that out there. Wow, you're crazy. Shout out to little That's bear some snake <laughs> slander. Snake slander. Boom. Alliteration. I do think it's kind of funny though that when the butterfly when Wormy does scare everyone, it's their underwear that they lose. Mm-hmm. And why does everyone in Bikini Bottom wear tidy whities Poor choice. Oh, that like apparently they don't fit well. You figure no. they'd fit better because they're tight. Tight, but they fall right off. <laughs> Man, good thing I wear boxer briefs. Boxer briefs are where to go. Perfect also, amount of support and not too loose. Yeah, it's, it is nice. Boxers just like you know everything just too yeah too loose. <laughs> yeah, and then thongs just don't work that well. <laughs> I feel like they don't keep everything in. Not a lot of coverage with the thongs. <laughs> um, I do love how the Krusty Krabs has a secret entrance. Which is funny from like the outside, it's like pretty secret, but when you go in, it's just a giant rock in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah. Which I mean we've never noticed it till now. That's so that's true. It's pretty secret now. Maybe it's like invisible when times when you don't use it. Oh yeah, and you can only see it when you like you open it open out and you bug, leave. Yeah. I'm just a huge fan of secret entrances in general. I, like growing up, did you want like a house with secret entrances and stuff? Yeah, for me I was like I'm really into like the underground layer situation mm-hmm. where you have like a normal sized house. Like I always thought, oh, if I get really, really rich, maybe like I'll build a normal sized house and then underground build like a bunker house. Okay. Like everyone's like, oh, I like windows and stuff like that. I was like, no, I, I, I like the idea of like I'm safe underground in like this impenetrable like secret villain layer. Like fortress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not Batcave because that's like just kind of scary. Nah. Mm-hmm. But like something, I don't know, like Fort Knox up in there. Okay, you know, fair enough. Lots of thickness, and <laughs> if I get nuked, I'm okay. But there's a lot of canned food down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, kind of like a, what is it, fallout shelter situation. Yeah. yeah. But like with a little normal house on top where like I can entertain people and like have people over, and it's still impressive looking from the outside. 
but then I I can go down and I don't know have my secret life where I have like all my cars cry cry secretly yeah cry secretly (laughs) uh, dance secretly and then dance and cry secretly all at the same time yeah (laughs) it's great I really liked SpongeBob's little finger puppet friends oh yeah that he has and I don't know if have you seen Salad Fingers before I've seen bits of Salad Fingers he has uh the same kind of like finger puppet friends and it kind of reminded me of that but this was a lot less creepy than salad yeah, fingers I, like salad fingers is kind of unnerving it's a little bit more than a little bit unnerving it's pretty terrifying i do like spongebob at the end of their day with wormy they say like uh you got to savor every moment of your good days That's which good. i think is a really good small lesson i i was a little watching it i was like wow there's not a lot like going on in this act yeah but there are like Little lessons. Another lesson I got was even monsters can be small. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Not all your monsters are big monsters. Sometimes you're small monsters. And they can add up to one big monster. Yeah. You don't deal with them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, also, one thing that I was kind of wanted to debate is sometimes keeping people in the dark is better for them. I know we usually on this podcast, we preach honesty um, most of the time. Yeah. or being upfront. But I just feel like sometimes in this emergency situation. It would have been better not to tell anyone. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's why I, one of the lessons I had for this part is, uh, it's like how to deal with emergencies properly and like alerting the proper authorities. I feel like the way SpongeBob and Patrick went about this was all wrong, like causing the mass panic that they did by just going around town saying there's a monster going to kill or eat you guys and whatever. It's not right. I don't think they told a cop once. I mean, we saw a fire truck, but the fire truck only showed up because the town was being destroyed, like falling apart because yeah. of the panic and stuff. So I agree. Like, I think maybe sometimes it's better to keep people in the dark. But I don't know. I don't know. It made me wonder because I was like, okay, if there was a situation where, I don't know, I think of like aliens, right? Yeah. Like if aliens exist, like do you think like the government's keeping them quiet just because we don't freak out or some type of like situation where they can deal with it and we don't deal with it? But like imagine your worldview if like suddenly it's like, hey, like everybody in this room, like someone's going to kill you. Everyone's to freak out, which leads me to like second part. And I think that's like party going along with like the government, not like talking about aliens or anything is like having a disaster plan or having like plans for these things. And it's clear that Bikini Bottom doesn't really have any kind of disaster plan. No, no one knew what, what to do. No, no one had any kind of like rational thinking. And that's kind of like what I see is like if aliens came down from the sky, like no one would know what to do because there is no plan for that. Right. I would be afraid of like the people who are like, I'm going to take these people on. Try to kill oil. Yeah. yeah. I don't think any movie is like even close to realistic in, in the terms of if an alien life form traveled this way, had the technology to get over here and do all that stuff, we would never win that battle. Absolutely not. Nope. Like, no. Like I rewatched like the, they did a remake of Predator and it's like, oh, they're fighting and stuff. I was like, nah, that, that would not happen. You would be outmatched quite quite quickly quite quickly yeah yeah i mean sorry to break it to you guys but like we are a pretty primitive species i would assume if we came in space travel and there's aliens out there who can so yeah if they're just like cruising by and they're like hey guys what's up we're screwed yeah unless it's like some war war of the war of the world shit where it's like they just die because they we... just die because the oxygen kills them yeah like, okay cool <laughs> but i doubt it so prepare prepare yourselves prepare yourselves for the alien overlord. <laughs> ready for the bubble break? Always ready for the bubble break. I've been liking our bubble breaks lately because it's like a lot of like SpongeBob content. 
it's like yeah, good. there's a lot of a lot of going on in the SpongeBob world. Yeah. So this week, it's cool that uh, Nickelodeon announced that they are going to be doing spinoffs mm-hmm. from SpongeBob. Actually, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. I mean, the spinoffs are really focused on the core characters. So I think we're going to get a lot of background on like, you know, Mr. Krabs and Squidward and uh, Sandy. I'm really kind of excited for actually Sandy's story, like how she ended Honestly, up in the ocean. Honestly, that's the only one yeah. I'm excited for. After I was like heard the whispers of the spinoff, I'm like, Sandy's the only person I want to figure out why she is the way she is. I'd like to see a little bit about Plankton too, I think. I think I'd like to see some villain backstory there. Like his well, college days. I know in the future episodes, like in the newer episodes, there is one where they like go back in time and they talk about like how like Mr. Krabs and Plankton's working relationship started. Uh-huh. But it would be nice to like, you know, maybe his, his college life, like you were saying. Yeah, it'd be cool. And um, on top of that, they're also talking about, because it's the 20th anniversary of SpongeBob, which is crazy. 20 years. It's almost it's, as old as us. Almost. Um, for the 20th anniversary, they're doing this like big birthday bash um, where they're trying to do like live action. So the actual actors for each of the voices um, interacting with like their animated characters and stuff, which seems really cool. Mm-hmm. Like I'm excited to see that. That'd be fun and to see Tom Kenny. Well, I mean, Tom Kenny's kind of already interacted with SpongeBob, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he's been almost everything else. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like I don't know how I feel. I still don't know how I feel about recycling old ideas. I prefer spinoffs over like remakes. Yeah. Always, but I feel like spinoffs are just like a way to like stretch things without actually creating new things. Yeah. I think I think it's going to be interesting to see cuz the reason they're really doing this too is a big push because Steven died, right? So they're trying to introduce some new stories and new ideas. So I think it'd be interesting to see what kind of direction SpongeBob has in the future, or if it has a future, because maybe maybe this is it. Maybe we're seeing it starting to wind down a little bit, which is kind of sad. But twenty years is a good run. It is a good run, and I'm also a fan of things coming to an end. Yeah, like at the right time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think I think a lot of shows just fall prey to that situation where they start something and then people like it, and then they're like, okay, maybe we can do another season, and the second season isn't as good, and then it slowly, 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 slowly falls off, and then finally they end it like. They don't know how to end it. So they just make, yeah, some bullshit ending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that with a bunch of TV shows before. And like the only ones I see that don't do that are social commentary about like common day, like nowadays stuff like Family Guy or Simpsons or South Park, I think lasts longer because they make commentary about what's going on. And it's it's easy to make content about that. Yeah. It's like more parodies on like what's going on in the world than like, I don't know, very topical. Yeah. Unlike SpongeBob, which is like, you know, they're trying to come up with a story. Yeah, for each one. building this universe. But I'm excited to see how this goes. So Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I'll definitely be open to the idea. Open, open-minded. Open. 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 Act two, Patty Hype. Krusty Krab is in a bit of a, let's say, in like a low point. They haven't had customers in 36 days. And it turns out it's because they don't really have any like gimmicks or any kind of atmosphere going for it. Um, so they're trying to come up with different ideas. Mr. Krabs tries to bury himself, doesn't get him as much customers as he wants because the talking dog over the shell shack is more important. Um, so SpongeBob has this idea to come up with pretty patties, which are just colored patties or crabby patties. Squidward and Mr. Krabs laugh at him. And so SpongeBob goes into business for himself and starts selling pretty patties. Omar, would you eat hamburger that was colored like that? Any kind of color? Yeah. Mm, 
maybe not the first one. I would not be an early adopter of such foods, but I would, I would, because I did try the that. For me, what a hundred percent struck me about this episode is it reminded me of like that whole ketchup situation. The different colored ketchups back yeah. when we were kids. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out if the ketchup happened at the same time or, um, like did this come out before the ketchup? I remember it happy. I mean, because it was, was in partnership with like Nickelodeon, school. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I thought so. So it makes me think. I mean, the only other example that I can think of, like color food like that, is I think Burger King during Halloween times has like an all black like burger. That's uh, supposed to be a spooky. That's scary for me. I would try it. I would try it. I would try it. But I'm a big fan of Burger King. Shout out Burger King. Burger King always always makes me feel like I'm gonna die after. Really? Nah, yeah. it's my favorite fast food burger. No, I don't mind eating it. It just but like, it makes you feel I, I, would always, I always feel bad after it. I don't oh. know why. Mm. They're the only ones that have like the way they cook their burger and the sesame seed buns. I'm like, that's what I'm here for. They do like out of all the fast food places, they taste the most like a normal burger. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean we're not, we're not, not the, counting In N Out. Yeah, this is not the same quality like In N Out or even Whataburger. Let's see. Heinz came out in 2000 with the Shrek movie. Uh, the green ketchup. The green ketchup. So oh. this episode is two. So this would have been around 2000 because SpongeBob was like 98, 99. Season two would have been 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe one was stealing from the other. Or the other. Because I mean, they also did, they did green and then they also did like purple too. I remember the purple ketchup. Yeah. And orange. And orange. Yeah. I feel like the green ketchup is like the most, the more natural looking. Catch it, yeah. I mean, it's like green tomatoes, right? So, but let's talk about atmosphere when it comes yes. to a restaurant. We actually had this discussion like yesterday, yeah. Um, on whether how important atmosphere is. What do you think, Josh? What are your I thoughts? I do think it's important. I do think it's really important. Um, but I also think it's a fine balance. I think that you can have really nice atmosphere, but if your food's crap or your service is crap, then no one's going to come to your restaurant. So you got to have a fine balance. But I do think atmosphere kind of sets your restaurant apart because everyone can sell any kind of food but if you don't have some like an interesting atmosphere or something that draws customers in or makes them want to stay then why wouldn't they just go to like a fast food restaurant right yeah i don't know i'm not a huge advocate for atmosphere like i feel like with atmosphere what i think we're really trying to achieve is is the restaurant like clean I think a lot of people substitute because you can argue that a dive bar has atmosphere. Yeah. Like there's a place yeah. here in New York that like the, all the benches are like covered in duct tape. You wouldn't say that that's good atmosphere, but it is atmosphere. I think it's, I think it's more character. I right? maybe that's what I'm more leaning towards is that a place should have character. You should be able to go and be like, I feel like I understand the vibe of this place, you know? I guess that plays into atmosphere. I would argue that the Krusty Krab has that because, I mean, he was like, what's the theme here? Underwater? Maybe that was the theme. Yeah. Maybe it's just not a very good one. No, maybe they just need to spice it up a little bit. I feel like a lot of times, though, atmosphere can be so gimmicky. Which then leads to higher prices and less good service. Yeah, because I, I've definitely been in fancy places where the atmosphere is like very upscale. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, cool. And then I eat the food. I'm like, this does not match the atmosphere I was given. Yeah. You know, or like, I'd rather be in a place that has like really bad atmosphere or, or like a crappy look to it and really good food. Like I will always take food before, you know, anything else. Yeah. But maybe, except for maybe cleanliness. Cleanliness. Definitely. And I do think that we have to talk about service. Like make sure, sh- 
like that's a third component I think in all of this that they didn't really talk about in the episode. But I do think like having a restaurant, it's important to have good service because even if the food's really good, I think that if you're gonna have a crappy server that like you feel like you're being treated poorly, like a lot of people don't want to come back to that. Oh yeah, definitely. I a hundred percent will avoid a place if I've had bad service. Yeah. I think that's why Yelp got so big because it's like, I don't know. Now I don't feel like it's as useful because I feel like you only go like to review something if you hate it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also there's places where I've been where I've had an amazing time and like the Yelp reviews have been like, oh, well, I didn't really like this because of this or like, I don't know, people, I think rating systems are so like inaccurate yes. in some points because I remember like for Uber or for Yelp or anything like that where it's like, okay. I consider like five stars exceptional service, but when you like do a ride share, it's like five stars is a normal ride. Right. So like for the longest time I was like rating like Uber and Lyft drivers at like fours or threes just because like the the ride was normal. And the whole time I was like, oh, shit. like I'm not actually, I'm being mean to them. Yeah. I'm, it's kind of silly. It's a little silly of a system, right? Yeah, I mean, I always that's... felt like, you know, one star was bad. Two stars is like not horrible but at least it was okay and then three is like neutral and then four is like oh like like a b plus yeah and then like five is like a plus you did like the best job you could ever do as a as an uber driver or as a restaurant and i think since that scale is so different for people or it isn't defined for a lot of things it's misleading yeah Yeah. and it also doesn't become as useful the the whole rating system is kind of thrown out the window yeah i mean it's like i have problems i have with amazon sometimes like a product can have like five stars um but i always have to go through and read what the actual comments say mm-hmm. like i appreciate the reviews that actually take the time to like talk about the pros and cons of a product or have pictures or have pictures and pictures are a big thing too and i think that's like something that i wish like map apps like google maps when i'm looking up a bar or something it has might have a lot of stars or whatever but if i'm not looking at i want to see what the food or the place looks like or what people have to say about it and like I'm really big on researching and stuff like that where I can't tell you how many business owners do not have like just a normal picture of their of their place. Like I just want to see how it's laid out. Yeah. Like if I go with my friends and I bring 20 of us, is it going to How can I see them all? Yeah. 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 Um do you have a backspace stuff like that? Or like um we were planning my mom's birthday party and they're like, "Oh, like we're going to put you on the patio." And but they're like it's an enclosed patio. But how enclosed? Cuz there's some patios like full like floor to ceiling like situation but there's other patios where it's like oh we just put down the flaps right and you're freezing your ass off in the in the back you know and that's like becomes a real big issue when you're looking for you know at least places to host things yeah 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 so atmosphere food mm, i think information is what information we want. yeah yes yeah. but i do think a talking dog would get me to a place real quick i'm always not like an animatronic talking dog, though. I'm not looking for like some Chuck E. Cheese gimmick stuff. No, I want to see a real talking, talking dog. dog. I yeah. want to like walk up to a dog and I'm like, oh my God, who's a good boy? And he's like, I am. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? I want my worldview to be shattered. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Oh my God. Um, how do you feel about inflatable pants? Would you buy inflatable pants? I would buy inflatable pants if I was on a ship. Smart. Like something like I would use it for like an emergency situation. Like, oh no, get the inflatable pants. But I do think that maybe inflatable pants should be inflatable shirt, which is basically like a life jacket. Yeah, life jacket. Yeah. Because I do think that if I used inflatable pants, I would go bottom up, which if you're in water, you'd 
drown. Yeah. It works for Patrick because, you know, he can breathe water, but I don't think it worked for me. I think Patrick has the right idea, but he just needs to flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah, he needs to go on Shark Tank or something. And that was like part of the lessons I have for this part is uh, quality test your products. You know, I think that Patrick needed to quality test those pants a little bit more. Obviously, he need definitely quality, quality test those pretty patties because like at the end, that's what everyone gets pissed about. Like their skin changes color, their tongue changes color. Like it's crazy. So you got to make sure that if you're creating a product that you're quality testing it to make sure it's okay and doing it in a good way because like testing on animals is not great no definitely not like first of all why are you so sketched out by your own product you can't test it on a human being exactly exactly (laughs) using it on (laughs) on animals and stuff um but speaking of things changing colors apparently i was reading on the spongebob wiki like some fish food especially goldfish food Pretty patties change the color of fish that eat it. So apparently, there's fish food that changes goldfish color, which I didn't know was a thing. I just got a Snapple fact yesterday that if you turn or if you keep a goldfish in a room without lights, they turn white. So I think goldfish in general are just like susceptible to like their environment. Yeah, they do supposedly say that if you get a bigger bowl for your goldfish, they, they get grow bigger. bigger. Yeah, which explains why koi are like gigantic. Yeah. Um, also, some other fun facts. Pretty patties come in a variety of colors. Red, blue, yellow, green, purple, orange, plaid, and other random ones. Apparently glow in the dark, as we see with that one person's tongue. Um, yeah. And then um, Confused Mr. Krabs, um, if you guys are familiar with that meme that came from this episode. So, shout out to this episode for that. Apparently, Mr. Krabs burying himself alive is a realistic is realistic as different species of crab do this all the time. Two examples are the stone crab and the hermit crab. So, there you go. Fun facts. Um, also, one cool one, um, 46,853 is a five-digit prime number. Yeah. So I don't think they picked that just for funsies. No. They just picked a real big number that was also a prime number. Well, you math nerds out there. Woo, math nerds. Keeping <laughs> the world mathy. Um, we talked about it a couple episodes ago about how, like, the economy of Bikini Bottom runs. Um talked about a little bit like it becomes socialist and stuff i think we see that a little bit more here too when spongebob and patrick are like literally giving away money to people <laughs> yeah right i mean i'm down with it yeah and it it really contrasts to mr Krabs' like whole capitalist ideals because mm-hmm. he's like he literally gave away his life's work just because he was gonna get more money yeah selling pretty patties yeah but like i want to attain that happiness that spongebob attained when he, as soon as he got that key, he like didn't remember how to walk. He was like freaking out inside the Krusty Krab. He's like his dreams came true. Like that was like crazy achievement, happiness. Yeah, but like, do you think you could sustain that? Like once you reach the top, do you think you can keep that? I think so. I mean, like if it's something that you've been working towards for a while, and we know that SpongeBob has been working towards like these dreams and goals for a long time, then I think you just become content and happy. Hopefully that's the dream. Otherwise, you just become restless. Um, one small thing that like bouncing off of that that I really enjoyed was he really appreciates the small joys of the Krusty Krab, not just the big like oh it's a whole Krusty Krab like those squeaky pickles. Like yeah, we were giving shit about it because it sounds kind of weird, but he gets so much joy of just every little itty bitty thing about the Krusty Krab, and I feel like that's how you should try to be when you're at your job, or just in life in general is yeah. like appreciate the little things. Look at those little itty bitty bitty tiny things. Um, I definitely remember when I was younger watching this, 
trying to grab two pickles and rubbing them together to see if they make a squeaky noise. Did they? And I don't remember if they did. I'll have to try so it out. To do that. I'm going to go buy some, some dill pickles. <laughs> this episode is also a perfect example of what I think is the best marketing, no matter what. And a lot of people think like, you know, social media is like the way to do it. But the best marketing to this day, and I think for forever, will always be word of mouth. Yeah. Like the reason social media works is not because of the, the sponsor. Like no one gives a crap about the sponsored content on social media. Like barely ever do I like the only time I ever click on sponsored content is when it's horribly wrong. Like sometimes Amazon will be like, Hey, do you want this picnic bench? And I'm like, sure. I Omar Lopez who lives in New York city want, wants this picnic want a bench. picnic bench <laughs> for my non-existent backyard. I'm going to put it on my fire. Escape. <laughs> no, it's just like some of them are so weird and so like wrong, but if someone tells me, hey, try this place, it tastes good, if I trust them, I'm going to go there. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. For you business savvy people out there. Word of mouth, which is like, I guess why social media sometimes works too, because the share. It's like always big as like the share button, right? But I, I just feel like people don't understand, like companies don't understand that you're not going to get, like, yeah, maybe you'll get clicks and engagement, but it's still like any other type of advertising. Yeah. Like it's not going to make anyone more or less compelled. Than like if you did a TV ad, it's just like, it's like if you got a TV ad and you put it on Twitter, like it's doing the same amount. It's just more in your face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and like also with the whole Twitter thing, when SpongeBob's like, what do they ask him of that? That he's gonna be? Why does he think this works or whatever? Why do you think like it's caught on? And he's like, uh, I, I don't know. know. It reminds me of literally like internet famous kids that get famous, and like we, Josh and I just watched. Like a video with that backpack kid, the floss kid, the the flossing whatever, the kid that came out with the floss dance, and I, he's he was like talking about like oh like I'm just trying to branch out and stuff like that, and I'm like you have no idea why you got famous, like you it's pure viral luck that you got famous, yeah. and I respect him for like trying to branch out, but I feel like a lot of internet famous people like got famous and then they just don't know how and they don't know what to do with it and it was like a perfect example it's like how did this work out and he's like i don't um, know and yeah. i feel like if more internet famous people were just like i don't know so they try to play it off yeah yeah, yeah. instead of making it seem like you had some plan since the beginning to be nah, especially the internet it's all about in the moment right mm -hmm. i mean because a lot of these famous people will never hear from again the floss kid's popular now, but he won't be. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even argue that he's popular now. Like, yeah. I didn't know. I I remember him as the backpack kid for a little bit, and then Fortnite came out, and I saw flossing a lot. But now I just associate flossing with little kids. I don't even associate flossing with, with him. backpack kid. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like he's so far removed. It's like when people are like, "Oh yeah, go Xerox this or like uh, put it in a Ziploc." Like right. it's just common thing now. Yeah, yeah, it's too common. Um, and the last thing I have like going off of that is for like interview skills. I think it's important to have those interview skills and that's something SpongeBob clearly didn't prep for at all is like how to talk and it's something that you don't really know until you're like on the spot that you need to practice stuff like that. Yeah. And there's also a huge difference between because like I work in TV stuff between interview skills in front of a camera and just public speaking skills because I've been in rooms with like we do a video on a lawyer or we do a video on like even like a celebrity who's never like sat down and had like a normal talk to talk like for like different venues. Right. So like if it's out of their wheelhouse, a lot of people just don't know how to deal with it. And that's why they have people like 
that train you and do media consulting and media coaching to like, okay, well, you're about to be on like uh, Fox News defending this. So you need to be able to, you know, talk improvise about it. Yeah. Like yeah. You need to be able to play the role basically. Yeah. Or even actors that like primarily learned in theater and then they, you put them in front of a camera and they feel like they've never acted before. And yeah. it's like, come on, like you've done this before. You just need to mold it into this new thing. A lot of things you could learn from this act. I really liked it. I did. I liked it a lot more than the first act. Big old lesson time. Woo woo. Josh, what do you got? All right. Um, my big lesson for this week is research is important. You get nice. the same one? I like that. No, definitely not. Good. Great. Love that. I would never pick such a nerdy lesson. Wow. <laughs> but like in the first part, I think if SpongeBob and Patrick could have done a little bit more research or asked more questions to Sandy... And would have understood that the butterfly was no threat at all, or that the whole process of like turning into a butterfly was a thing. Even research, again, like research into disaster situations and how to prepare for that, I think is important. And we talked about that. Um, and in Act Two, we talked about research for your products. And I think something SpongeBob should have done is research his product a little bit more to understand that it would cause these adverse effects, right? Yeah. Or Mustard Crab's doing a little bit of research into what is attracting people to the restaurant because they have been without a customer for 36 days. I don't know many places that could survive that kind of. Yo, after one day, I would have been like, what's wrong? We what's wrong? Something. We got to fix something, right? So doing your research is important to make sure, like, to maintain your business and to make sure that your product that you're putting out is good. So yeah, that's or even he could have done research on, you know, pretty patties yeah. in general. Like, how much is their stock worth? What is their organizational stuff? I can't tell you, like, how many bigger companies buy out little companies, and I think they have no idea. Like, I feel like that's what happened with Twitter and Vine. Like, Twitter bought Vine, expecting Vine to be, like, amazing, and then they just realize that they don't know why vine yeah famous i don't think vine knows why it got famous yeah exactly <laughs> and like even now i think vine is more famous now that it's it died than than it was when it was around yeah exactly for sure yeah i i again there's so many instances where i don't think people know why it works and when you try to figure out why it works you just end up you know back at square one where you're like i don't know what i'm talking about yeah again important to do your research mm -hmm. do that research what about you what'd you get Mine is very simple. Change is good. Yeah, okay. Accept it. So, Wormy changed. Beautiful butterfly. Everyone's super afraid. But let me tell you, Wormy did a good job. Yeah. First ever uh, caterpillar to probably turn into a butterfly underwater and do it within a night. And he made very friends. Very impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. And he took down an entire city. Yeah. So, not, many, not many butterflies can say that. Yeah. So you got to embrace that. And then same thing with Pretty Patties. Like if you, if Mr. Krabs had just didn't embrace that Pretty Patties money at the very beginning, could have a wonderful partnership. Yeah. Or worked with SpongeBob instead of laughing at his ideas. Yeah. Or figured yeah. out what SpongeBob was doing to make the patties that color. Yeah. Because maybe he could have found an edible version Solution of Solution for that. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, maybe they sell Pretty Patties in doubles where one puts like normal and one puts you uh, like one puts you back and one puts you into a weird color <laughs> and then make it like a fad or that's the gimmick the gimmick is does it does change your skin color or whatever yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. it's yeah. good all right change is good man i like those lessons so you gotta let it be yeah yeah it's a good one it's a good week heart heartfelt yeah heartfelt <laughs> <laughs> all right so thank you for listening to this week's episode um, if you want to send us any suggestions or comments, please reach out to us on ismaneasapodcast.com or email us at ismaneasapodcast at gmail.com. 
Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Twitter, it is at Ismeo Podcast. Also, be sure to share with your friends and your enemies and comment on Apple Podcasts. And if you're on Android, Stitcher is the way to go. And as always, before we leave you, I just want to let you know. So, ah, J- Josh, get it. Get, I, ah, it's carrying me away, Josh. Please, no. Bye, Omar. Bye, Omar.